0: Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast, Season Two. I'm your forever coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and we are all here weekly to share the ups, downs, and all arounds of the wild world of parenting. A safe space, a Lego-free space to vent, to inspire, and well, perhaps this is the only adult conversation you hear all day. What is Adia doing? A B C D. <laughs> Is that funny? So each week I will be joined by a fellow striving, thriving and surviving busy mumsy. We learn together, we grow together. Hell, we cheers with an adult bevy when necessary. I get it. I am human and failures simply happen. I am not shiny and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am at its best. Even when the dishes aren't done, there's crayon on the wall and well, my hair hasn't been washed in forever. I am Busy Mumsy. Hi friends, Ash here. It is time for another Busy Mumsy chat. Here we are today to get excited because I got a New Yorker coming on the show. As you know, I am a forever New Yorker. It runs deep within my veins as I started my career there. uh, Broadway, fitness career, all of it. Um, Really, if Ricky were to ask me... um, Hey babe, I want to, you know, move back to New York City. I mean, I would already be at the airport. I'd be at the airport standing in line waiting it on that flight to get myself to JFK, not with excitement of the JFK airport, but you know, beyond that, beyond those walls, the big, beautiful Big Apple. Today, my friends, we welcome Anna Kaiser, an absolute super mom of two boys, has spent the last decade building a family and a legacy in New York City. She is the founder of Anna Kaiser Studios. Anna's hybrid love of movement, community, and heart-centered joy has made her global success for interval training. Since launching her first studio in 2013, Anna has created some of the most sought-after fitness programs for dance, sculpting, and step, while cultivating a community empowered through mind-body connection. I, for one, have been following Anna's journey for years. I mean, like, let's go back when I actually first started my fitness career teaching at Physique 57. She was kind of like one of the first ones to come, like, onto the forefront of being that, like, go-to celebrity trainer. And yes, my friends, she is that celebrity trainer to Shakira and Kelly Rippa. All right. I'm excited. I hope you are too. So let's dive on into this week's busy mumsy chat. Anna Kaiser, welcome to the busy mumsy podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, it's just your, your energy already, Anna. I'm into it. I'm feeling it. I can feel it all the way in Uganda. So so Anna, you are coming to us from New York city. Am I correct?
1: Yes, you are. I'm actually in my studio on the Upper East Side, looking out at the beautiful, sunny day. We actually are having the loveliest winter we've had in the 20 years I've lived here. It's amazing. It's beautiful.
0: Where are you originally from?
1: I'm from Southern California, uh, from Pasadena.
0: Oh, Cali girl. Yeah.
1: Well, I actually was born in Canada, so I am a Canadian citizen for all my... Canadians out there. And then I moved to Switzerland because my dad was full Swiss and I lived there until third grade. And then we moved to Southern California because my mom is uh, native.
0: Oh, okay. So you started traveling rather, rather young. And then, yes. off, so, so off to New York City, you went. Were you aspiring to be actor, dancer, Broadway, rock yet? In the world? <laughs>
1: No, I was, I did move to New York after college. I was an aspiring concert dancer, actually. Um, I moved to uh, New York City to dance for Paul Taylor originally. I was, prior to that, I was dancing for Donald McHale, who was one of the three founders of Modern Dance in New York City in the 50s with Martha Graham. Um, And I danced for him for three years. And then I moved to New York City you know, in hopes of uh, continuing my professional life as a modern dancer.
0: So, Anna, being the absolute fitness trainer to the stars, like Kelly Rippa, like Shakira, when did you have that moment that you wanted to, like, really, like, open the doors to have, like, your own physical spaces, go virtual? I mean, like, take it further than just, you know, cater to like that high-end celebrity.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I um, loved fitness. I always have loved fitness. I had to keep myself in shape, um, both on a performance level as well as an aesthetic level. Uh, as a dancer. And I had a deep love for the body and movement, understanding how to move through space safely. So because I wanted to be able to dance forever. And when I lived in New York City, I was having a hard time finding a workout that was smart, that was effective, and that was comprehensive. So I started on a mission to create that for myself, um, something that could really give me the um, stamina endurance that I needed to perform at a very high level as a dancer, and also the proportionate uh, physique that I was looking for as a strong woman in the world. So I got certified in... Pilates until I couldn't do another hundred and yoga until I couldn't do another sun salutation. And I started lifting heavy weights. I was dating um, a personal trainer and I lost my neck because I'm a very short person. (laughs) And I um, then went back to Mount Sinai and studied with the cadavers um, and learned about functional anatomy for movement and injuries. Um, Then I was certified at National Academy of Sports Medicine. And I just continued to learn um, and pick up uh, different methods within the fitness landscape. Um, 2000- to,
0: like, right, like you need to have kind of like a melting pot within it, right? Because you you train so many different body types too. So you need that arsenal.
1: Yes, and I also wanted to continue to evolve as a human. We learn so much about science and health as you know the years continue on, and we have to keep learning always, still to this day. And then uh, I was introduced to interval training in 2007. That's really the first time interval training um, became a new method of working out. And I realized that the majority of HIT training was created for a man's body. Uh, there was a lot of focus on upper body, a lot of um, high-intensity plyometrics, um, and a lot required of lower body. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if I could create an interval style workout married with the creativity of dance and grounded in functional uh, training in sports medicine that catered to a woman's body and what a woman needs. Right. Um, and so I set out to do that. And my, uh, you know, I had a couple of celebrity clients that were very supportive and brought in their friends because they were the same woman. They had tried all of the biggest brands and techniques in fitness, and it just didn't work for them. They were burning out of each one, and they wanted a more comprehensive program. And so it was really with their help and their feedback that I was able to start to hone in on exactly what that was. Um, You know, and then I was traveling from rented location, rented location. And I said, we need a good floor. We need an overhead system to support this work. And I, I can't do it without creating a space to support it. And so, um, I had a wonderful client, not a celebrity client, a, um, friend and big supporter of mine who would like to remain anonymous, (laughs) who, um, was my first investor and helped me secure the space so we're just gonna trust call me her to do that,
0: people, Anna. We're just gonna call her your angel.
1: But she was my angel, one hundred percent. It wouldn't have been possible without her, and uh, she's still involved in the business to this day. She's, um, I'm very grateful for her. And so then I was able to open my very first studio space in 2013, um, and it was because I needed the space. I needed to fill a void. Uh, the business uh, needed to fill a void. I didn't. I wouldn't have opened it if it wasn't different than anything else that was out there. It didn't, I didn't want to create a replica of something else. I wanted to create something really different and marry the environment of the boutique fitness studio, that amazing community energy uh, supportive environment with the personal training that you get at a gym.
0: Um, And if you
1: can really have a customized comprehensive program, in that exciting you know environment that comes from a boutique fitness studio it was something really revolutionary really different and so i was proud to be able to do that and then two years later i was able to self-fund the opening of two more studios the online virtual program and i love it to this day it's my i'm so grateful to be able to come to the studio every day and work with amazing women
0: Oh, I, Anna, like I, I think what you have built, I'm I'm a big like virtual high fives from where I sit right now, <laughs> and, you know, big time admiration for what you have done and how you have inspired women globally with movement and all that has inspired you to just project back out to women to get them moving and grooving and, and all that stuff. You had mentioned earlier how you have moved all over as a kid. And then you make your way to New York city, that New York city kind of heartbeat that blood, that kind of like, oh, that gets in you, right? Like it really drives you. Yes. As, as a businesswoman where, where did you then fit in? Oh yeah. I have found my, my partner, my love. I'm going to have a child. How does like putting a child who literally like, can just like throw Legos in the air, right? That confetti goes in the air when you add a child to the mix. When did you feel like it was the right time to introduce motherhood into your work your world?
1: That's such a good question. And I, um, uh, to be completely transparent with you, I didn't know that I wanted uh, children. Life was very busy. I met my husband. I opened my studio, my first studio a year later. He opened his business two years later. And then, uh, I mean, so I guess I'm it was sorry, four years. like that, that,
0: that New York got a hold of both of you then. <laughs> yes.
1: New yes. York,
0: work, man. You have to. You have to be up all night, pretty much working, because you're like you. Everyone is always afraid someone's going to get ahead of you, right? Like it's just like it is survival of the fittest in Manhattan.
1: One hundred percent. Yes, yes. Constantly trying to reinvent, evolve. What is next? You know, keep up with the momentum of it all. Um, So we have been married for four years. We both opened our businesses. They were both going well, and then we said okay, we're ready, we want to be parents together. And also, we needed to make sure that we were, we had the right support system for one another to be able to introduce a child for us. That was important to right, us. Right. Um, and actually before the baby came the, the puppy, <laughs> we had a puppy first and try it out. She and see a if we being responsible parents. Oh,
0: um, so because I knew weird. it was a
1: lot to take on. Um, I think the best form of birth control is babysitting. (laughs) I was a child. I remember babysitting when I first moved to New York and then I taught kids, uh, dance. I mean, really little kids, year and a half to two years old. And I really realized how difficult it is to be around kids all day long. So... Um, that bought me a few, <laughs> a few more years. I think that bought me 15 more years before I decided to have my own children. It Gosh, is, hilarious. It, is de- <laughs> it is definitely a, um, the hardest job in the world, like my mother-in-law said. Being a parent is the hardest job in the world. It's also the most rewarding, but it is very hard because it is 24-7. And your heart is out there in the world walking around. Um, without you sometimes. And that's really challenging to be able to do both. But um, we were so blessed. It was the right time for us. I was a geriatric mom at 37, my first baby. I was a geriatric pregnancy. And my second baby was just basically like a, an, uh, an elderly woman at 40 having a baby. Um, and both
0: kindred spirits, because I also was geriatric as well. I was, I was 38 when I fell pregnant with Adia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 You needed a cane and everything when I went into. (laughs) They really
1: do make you feel like, wow.
0: Like like, check for my gray hairs too. Like this is insane.
1: (laughs) It is, but it was the right time for us. And I think that's really important to, Sit with when you're thinking about having a child. Doesn't matter what other people are doing, doesn't matter whether you're geriatric or not. Is it the right time for you in your life? Uh, Because otherwise, what? You
0: you have to, yeah. And like, I think that you can think also about like just the amount of money and just like the circumstance. And if you can kind of maybe get your head around that and kind of prepare in a sense, you you kind of can go into it with a bit more level head, I think. I mean, yes. That's just where we were with it as well.
1: Yes, it is such a blessing and something that um, we are so grateful to have been able to do and have, have a child. But I think what you said is so significant. And I don't think people talk about it enough. It is expensive to have a family. And, you know, it's, it's hard enough to raise a child, but it makes it so much harder when you don't have the means to do it. So it is something that we really do need to think about realistically and not just the beauty of being, you know, having child and being parents. But can we do that in a way that isn't going to stress us out and put too much pressure on our lives and our relationship? Because that can be really, really tough on the the parent relationship if you don't have uh, the means to support the child. So... That was no, t- awesome.
0: I, I totally agree with you. And it's so crazy that, that you, that you even said that too, because I, we were talking, my husband and I were talking earlier today about this because he was like, well, when do you like, what is your ideal for baby number two? And like in my head, I'm like, well, it was last year, but um, mm-hmm. you're not getting any younger. Um, yes. But, but I did say to him, I was like, you know what, if, if, if unfortunately, if I'm not able to carry another child, then I would like to go down the route of adoption because if I think that we can financially do it, I would love to care for another child. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that that conversation too is never really kind of put out there. And I, for me, like I miscarried last year. So I'm just kind of in like position of like I'm 42. So if I can't make it happen, I would like to give, like, I would love to take care of a child that is in need. So it's definitely a conversation that he and I have opened up now, because, you know, if, if we think that we can financially do it, then I we, we want to. I miscarried uh, last year. And my husband and I do talk about the option that perhaps if I cannot carry another child that maybe we will adopt because if we, if we can, then if we, if we have the means to, you know, take care of another child, cause I want my daughter to have a sibling, then mm-hmm. I'm like, crossed, so be it. But you have two beautiful little boys. Yes. yes. You are at- numbered in your house. I don't know. It, it, it Is your dog male or female? She's She's the
1: only girl. (laughs) She's my little girl. Um, And I think that's beautiful, by the way. Adoption is amazing. We had actually talked about adoption as well. And I think that is such a gift to the world. Um, And uh, having a sibling, uh, I have a sister. You know, it's really lovely to see my boys together. So they're almost four years apart. They're about three and a half years apart. Brooks is almost six in January and Cole is just turned two and they, it is the most wonderful loving relationship. Cole follows Brooks everywhere. Brooks is so open to it and loves him so much. Um, he'll just go over and hug him uh, because he he's overwhelmed with love. It is just the most wonderful relationship. And um, I want to, I'm, I'm, my goal as a mom is to keep it, really open like that and not competitive and, and try to support each of them as individuals. We um, really try and get time with each of them by themselves so that. that, Yeah. uh, That's, it
0: would be important. I hear hear parents that have, you know, a, a few kids and they're like, yeah, we do like certain days that are just like, you know, mom and Max and then mom and Ben and then mom and Mary. and like that, that kind of thing. So it's just kind of like it, it, it breaks it up so they feel like they're getting a 1,000% in that given moment.
1: Yes. And we attended a lecture at Brooks's kindergarten last week where the um, this is a psychologist has worked with young boys in their development his whole life. And one of the questions from the parents was, my uh, younger son does everything that my older son is doing. How do I help him develop his own identity? And the speaker said, that is the most wonderful relationship you could possibly foster. Don't worry about it. Let him make his older brother the hero of his life. Um, older brother will also welcome it and love it um, because he will figure out who he is as an individual. There's there's absolutely no question that that will happen. Um, and it won't be... Uh, it, it, he won't have a hard time doing that just because he has this lovely relationship with his brother. So that was really nice to hear because I often wonder that, too. And I think, you know, as as much as we can help foster that loving and supportive relationship, the better.
0: No, I I love that. And it makes me immediately think of my brother. I have an older brother. And to me, like, I, we, we drove each other bananas as kids. Yes. But now we're like the best of friends and I can't imagine a day going by without speaking to him or texting him. It's like, we just have that sibling bond that mm-hmm. like, I cannot live without, which I absolutely love. So Anna, I have to ask two babies and I'm sure many of busy mumsies are already going down the rabbit hole and looking at your Instagram and drooling over your abs. I <laughs> want to, I just want to go there, Anna, cause I want to know, um, I just want to hear from your side, those, those tips and what kept you healthy and on track. And then also speaking on that bounce back bod, that like pressure, that kind of like society, if you will, does put on women that we have to instantly be back in like to a size idiotic number to like squeeze into after popping out a child. And I just wanted to hear like what your journey was like, what, what worked best for you and what do you like, what are your words of wisdom to, you know, expecting moms or moms that just had their little one and they're just kind of navigating now this new post baby bod.
1: Yeah. Such a, such a good question. We Don't talk enough about this. And my, um, experience was very different with both, kids. So with my first pregnancy, I did put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, my business was still growing. I just opened my second studio, um, third studio, actually. And I I wanted to, you know, quote, bounce back as quickly as I could in a healthy way. I didn't push myself, but I uh, worked out um, and I had just gone through my pre-postnatal certification the year before I got pregnant. So I was excited to put that into, um, into motion, incorporated into my pregnancy and post-pregnancy. Worked out. It well was, um, you know, losing weight. And then all of a sudden it stopped. And I freaked out and said, what is going on? Uh, why am I not getting back to the body that I had before? And I actually ended up losing my milk because I was sweating too much. And um, so I realized that, you know, got, took a step back, ended up breastfeeding for five months. And I don't think people talk about this enough. Your body will not lose the five to 10 pounds it's hanging on to until you stop breastfeeding. It's all hormonal. It's a lot of the same issues women have when they're going through menopause. Um, yeah, because- that's what I was
0: going to say. I was like, "This is it's also like menopause." Yeah, yeah.
1: You there? You cannot control it. Do not try to control it. It doesn't matter how hard you work out, how much you diet. Your body will hang on to it because it needs it to feed that baby, and that is the most important thing: is feeding that baby. Whether you choose to breastfeed or not, um, just know that hormones are a bitch, <laughs> and give your body time. <laughs> Um, it won't really let go of it until one two cycles after you finish breastfeeding, and your hips and <clears throat> will not go back uh, fully until about a year after you have a baby. So, listen, that Anna. I'm still,
0: I, I'm still talking to my hips. They're not going back in. They're yes. not.
1: <laughs> I mean, your body changes, and I realized after that second, after that first pregnancy, how how gentle we need to be with ourselves, like. Wow. It is an amazing feat to have a human body come out of your body. And that is incredible. Do not put pressure on yourself to get back quickly. Um, you have your entire life to get back into fighting shape. Um, it's just not important to get back quickly. The most important thing is that you do it in a healthy way. So when I got pregnant with my second child, I did it differently. And I really preach that with my clients and with women that come to me and ask me about pre-postnatal fitness. It's A, it's really important to work out differently when you're pregnant. You should not go into a class or into a private training session where someone says, do what you were just doing, you know, just tell me if something feels off. No, no, you have to create a very different program when you are pregnant because your body is changing. Your, I mean, your spine is changing. It's creating kyphosis. Like you're creating a rounded upper back to counter the weight of your belly. Your hips are opening. Your joints are becoming more lax because of all the relaxant that's running through your body. You have to be more careful um, about load bearing and pelvic stability and not doing things on one leg and not, you know, opening your hips. And I see a lot of trainers doing leg lift exercises on one leg and compromising their labrum by opening their hips. It's not okay. You're gonna, after pregnancy, realize that you've put a lot of strain on your SI joints and you're gonna have a lot of lower back and pelvic pain and a lot of um, pelvic dysfunction, honestly, when you're not working out the right way during pregnancy. So find a trainer that understands prenatal fitness. Then getting your body back Be gentle, be patient. The first six months are really, really important to strengthen your deep core stabilizers, to focus on pelvic stability and pelvic uh, rehabilitation. Your pelvic floor has over 35 muscles in it. It's really important to focus on um, rehabbing it. And America is the only, is one of the only countries that doesn't provide um PT for moms as a part of their health insurance after having a baby. It's really oh, important to do it. Well. <laughs> Anna,
0: when, when I had my little one and I was discharged from the Portland Hospital in London, they gave me a two-sided pamphlet of my my fitness journey and they were like good luck. Oh my and god. Uh, I would sneeze and pee. I would cough and I would pee. I'm telling you what? Like granted I have a fitness background and I've done all of the pre postnatal training and, and all of that stuff. I still was just gobsmacked by it all. And yes. then when you're like when you're hit in the face with all of the hormones and then trying to figure out motherhood and all of that, you're just like, I don't know anything. So why why is there no help? Like I need yes. help. Yes. Yes. It, it's so bananas. And I'll tell you what, like, if I I mean I found a few different um folk, um, one of them was like Nikki Bergen. Who I was following because um, I needed someone to tell me what to do. Yes. Because I just felt so lost. And everything that you're saying is just, my gosh, I'm going to keep, I'm going to, God willing, I get pregnant again. I'll go back to this podcast and listen to you speak.
1: <laughs> and God, hey, I would love to you, help you. Know, these after, after you give birth with um, pelvic rehab, because What we should be focusing on is not getting smaller and fit and bouncing back. We should not be focusing on that. We should be focusing on things that are annoying to focus on as fit, um, capable women in the world, like diaphragmatic breathing and connecting to our pelvic floor and understanding Kegels. And God forbid you have a C-section. You can't feel your abdominals. You have to have someone put their hands on you and make sure that you're activating your transverse abdominus because that is going to help cesarean. pull everything in.
0: Anna, I had cesarean, and I honestly, I just, I looked at it every day. I didn't know what to do with it. hundred mm-hmm. percent.
1: No one talks man, about it. No if one If I having that. babies, I'm all out. of this would be different. This
0: <laughs> is now going to turn into a five-hour podcast about cesarean. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So true. When I was working with the cadavers and on Sinai, they showed us what that looks like, what happens to your body during a C-section. They slice through one layer of abs one direction. They rip it open. They slice your second layer in a different direction and rip it open. And they slice through a third layer in a different direction and rip it open, literally rip it open so they can remove all of your organs and get that baby out. It is supposed to be an emergency surgery. You know, it's a really traumatic uh, uh, experience to go through, uh, and thank God we have it so we are able to save babies. But there, there should be a very deep rehab that happens after going through an yeah. experience like that, and not no, just so oh, make no, sure no, you get no, skinny again, bounce back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, now, now here's your size two jeans. Now go. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 And it's not about being fit. You can be as thin or as fit or whatever after pregnancy, but if you can't hold on to your pee <laughs> or if you have um, a prolapse and your organs are falling out of your body, it's, it's not okay. So we have to focus on healing ourselves and properly rehabbing first, and then we can start to get our strength back and get back in cardiovascular shape Um, But you will get there. There is no rush. And um, I took all the time I needed with that second baby because that was what was most important to me, especially as an older mom too. And sleep deprivation is definitely not talked about. I thought I was going to die. I was so tired. So just getting yourself to... um, to be physically active is a feat on its own. Like it is so, so, so hard to even feed that baby every three hours, regardless of whether you're breastfeeding or not, to just open your eyes, crack your eyes open and feed the baby, let alone rehabbing yourself. So I really hope that, and I do see it changing. I think people are um, spending a lot more time researching uh, pre post fitness workouts wellness rehab than they used to we are celebrating women's bodies in all shapes and sizes all levels of fitness it's not about how thin you are anymore it's about how healthy you are how fit you are how to embrace wellness on a larger scale and and not just about that number on the scale
0: and not only about the, the number on the scale and the body part, but the mental side of it, too. How did you, just after you know, having two children, continue on with the mental strength of business?
1: Ooh, That's
0: a really good question.
1: I had postpartum after the first... It actually didn't kick in until about four months in. And I didn't know that's what was happening to me. I just thought, wow, why is... I'm a really happy person. I'm very (laughs) joyful. I wake up, I'm excited about the day. um, And I just kind of wasn't. And it wasn't um, clear to me. I'm like, well, maybe I'm just, I'm different now. Or maybe I'm just too tired. Or what's going on with me? And I didn't realize until I came out of it, until that fog sort of lifted that that's what it was. Um, and so just talking about it with people and creating an awareness around huge emotional shifts is important because it's not, I think with pre, uh, with postpartum depression, a lot of people think, oh, I have to be suicidal or I have to be so dark, I can't get out of bed. That's not actually the case. It can literally be just not feeling joyful or the day is just so hard and you're like, kind of in a negative headspace or you feel like there's a fog or a dark cloud over you. Um, And it's that, that's exactly what it feels like. And then about four months later, it lifted. And all of a sudden I thought, oh my God, I'm back. This is great. I feel like myself again. And it's all a hormone game, you know, your hormones are adjusting and it's going to affect your mental state and, and the more awareness we can spread the better because otherwise you just feel like me, I'm
0: going crazy. What's wrong with me? Yeah. And lean on people. I think it's so important to find like your, your network, whether that be, I mean, e- even if it, if it's your mom that's in another state or another country or, or something like that, just lean on someone that you can kind of navigate through all of those thoughts. Because I mean, I, I, for one, definitely struggled with it in intensely for the like first six months postpartum. I was a mess. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was also coupled with the COVID and lockdown, and then I lost my bricks and mortar. So it was just kind of like oh. a, just a of so many things. It's a melting pot, and then you're just trying to be like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be like loving a child. Wait exactly. a minute, like exactly. hold, where get it together? But yes. you know, you, yes, you, we all I think do need to understand that we just created a human. We grew an mm. organ in, we gave yes. life human being, that we do need to give ourselves a little grace, just a little bit of grace in that sleep, that sleep deprecated world. Um, we do deserve it. <laughs> yes.
1: And I think, you know, in, in terms of
0: business and work,
1: uh, I took three weeks off after my first, I took one week off after my second. Again, it was COVID, it was a pandemic. I had to save this business. And so there was no time <laughs> to have a baby. Um, and but but I will say that working and ha- being surrounded by a community of really strong women, whether it was virtually or in the studio, even though I had to, you know, it was so hard to get myself out of bed and so hard to get myself to work. When I was there, it really helped uh, cont- give me the energy, continue to drive me forward, having people around, to support you and your, um, and give you energy just because they're there. Um, it's amazing how much that does actually help, even though it feels like there's no possible way you can get yourself to do it. When you do, um, it for me, it really helped me push through that really tough time.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like finding that tribe, right? It would just mm-hmm. continue. Mm-hmm. Well, for the um, expecting busy mumsy, Anna, I know you're very, very busy, so I'm, I'm going to let you go very soon. I just got one more little question for you that I love to ask um, anyone on the show that kind of the words of wisdom to pass the torch to that expecting busy mumsy being something that you hold close to your heart that helps you to navigate the wild world of parenting.
1: Oh, my goodness. That is a question. Okay, well, first of all, Um, during pregnancy, I will, this is, this is a, uh, what I wish I told myself during my first pregnancy. This is my job. Um, I was on the floor of my office, you know, 15 minutes before I had to start a session with Kelly Ripa thinking, oh my God, how am I going to do this in my first trimester when I was so nauseous and so tired? Like, how am I going to do this session? How am I going to get there? And I said, Okay. If you walk in, because I, I I couldn't tell anyone yet, right? I wasn't at that, that safe place. So, like, if you walk in 15 minutes into the session, if you can't do it, just say you're sick and you can stop. And what I will tell you is literally every single time I did it, I felt better. And I know how hard it can be to get your heart rate up when you are in that first trimester or the second trimester during pregnancy, but it's so, so important to try cardio and like good, safe cardio, low impact cardio interval training. So you did a little bit of cardio. I promise it will help you feel better. And I will say that because if it wasn't my job, I don't think I would have made myself do it. But because I, I did, I, you know, during my pregnancy, second pregnancy, knew that that was really important to help me get through every day. And it just changed the entire day. That first 15 minutes is so hard, but trust that it will get you to turn the corner and make the
0: entire day better. Even if you just do 20 minutes,
1: that's uh, my I'm one. Advice underline, on the
0: the, uh, <laughs> underline the word trust. Like that, that is one thing you have to do is trust yourself that you can. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes.
1: And it will definitely help. And then as a new parent, Um, let's see, piece of advice for new parents. I remember with my first child, I was, uh, it was probably one of the first nights home and I was awake with him, um, in the middle of the night, uh, feeding him and thinking, just started crying and said, oh my God, what if I mess up? What if I ruin him? What if I, I don't read enough books and, you know, apply the right methods and, and he doesn't get what he needs to thrive in the world. And we probably have all had moments like that when you have your first baby. And my advice is there is no possible way that you are going to do the wrong thing. All you have to focus on is loving and protecting that little beautiful angel and everything else will fall into place. Like, please don't worry about it. You don't have to get a million contraptions And, you know, um, the right blankets and the right, all of these zip ups and all these contraptions that people are trying to sell you. All you have to do is be there, wake up, feed the baby and love that baby. Like it is so, such a wonderful time and such a, such a hard time. (laughs) It's so hard. And we should all talk about exactly how hard it is because you are not alone but you cannot mess up. Just be there, be present, take as much love as you can give. It is so um, special and wonderful and freaking ridiculously
0: hard. (laughs) Agreed Agreed and amen to that. And you know what it made me instantly think of was no matter what we bought Adia, all she wanted to do was play with the box. That's all she wanted, wanted. give her the box. She's a happy child.
1: Yes, exactly. You can have a ball, you can have a box, you can even have their blanket, Um, you can have spoons, like anything that is around them is exciting, new, and um, yeah, (laughs) there were so many early childhood education pamphlets and books and uh, toys that I thought I needed to buy with the second one. It all just magically went away and it was just about being together and, you know, taking in anything that is uh but just presented to you in your space
0: oh, i love it well anna kaiser thank you so much for your words of wisdom uh thank again you for having I,
1: me that was a wonderful conversation i could talk to you all day
0: <laughs> i know i could really talk to you all day so um, i'm just giving you all the virtual high fives and hugs from uganda and, oh my god um, me too lots of so many hugs
1: and high you. fives i wish i could give it to you in person
0: and in New York, like where my heart is, I so I so miss New York. So um, you keep doing you and we'll keep cheering you on. Same, same. Congratulations Our on the moves. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. Did you like it, Adia? Yes! Oh, the enthusiasm. I love it. Please share your love by giving us a five star rating, a rockin' review, and please share with any fellow Busy Mumsies. We love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, head to the Busy Mumsy show notes for further details and links to the Busy Mumsy website. So long for now. Can you say bye bye, Adia? Bye bye, Adia. <laughs>